if you've had the opportunity to check out my promo, you'll know that this isn't my first attempt at podcasting. I've been in the game five years on three different podcasts to be exact. So if this is your first time plugging in, I appreciate you. But if you've been rocking with me from the beginning, thanks for staying on board. Welcome to Complicated Misunderstood Podcast, Episode 1, You're Not Late. Time has never been my thing <laughs> when it comes to podcasting. I usually run long. I'm long-winded. Hey, I'm learning from my mistakes in the past, all right? So I'm going to make you a very shallow, soft promise. I'll try to be on time. What's on time? 45 minutes or less. Kind of like the old days when you would order a pizza. They had 45 minutes to get it to you or it was free. So I'm going to try to stick with the 45-minute rule so you guys are hang with me. Now, I'm in a couple different text groups, like many people, right? And uh, I learn a lot. Um, In some of the text groups, I'm kind of in the middle of the pack when it comes to age. And then in some of the text groups, you know, I'm the old head. I'm the old dog. I mean, I'm 40 years old, right? So in my young group, (laughs) I learned something about a month ago. They say T's and P's when certain situations arise. It's usually something bad or something that's, you know, kind of, pulling at your heartstrings, so T's and P's is thoughts and prayers. But what we're going to do on this podcast is we're going to call T's and P's thank yous and praises. So I appreciate my young boys, Ferg, Yay, Jeter, Houston, Mute, for teaching me what T's and P's meant. Now, got to start with my boy Kyle Jeter, or produced by B-Heat. He's the one that's responsible for all the sounds that you hear on my show. So my intro, my outro, which you will hear, the promo music that was on, if you listen to that, all him. He's also made uh, the theme for the Anvil show. He's made the theme for See on the Doctor. Um, So, you know, it was like a hobbyist thing for him, but I think he's turning into more. And uh, I would say be on the lookout for produced by B Heat. I think my young bro gonna go somewhere with that. Um, I got another T to give out, and that's to uh, my guy Fernando. Met him through Pat, who I do the Anvil show with. Uh, he is a graphic artist, and he's in Brazil. Um, so this guy, <laughs> I can be difficult. Uh, we went back and forth. I mind you, all this is th- through text. Um, that's the only communication we, we use, no FaceTime. No actual phone conversation, but he was able to basically tap into what I was thinking when it came to my new logo. Um, So the CMP logo, um, I wanted it to have conflicting lines to kind of, you know, bring out the conflicting thoughts that I'm going to bring to this podcast. So tease to my boy, Fernando, for doing my logo. And now I guess we'll get into some praises. Well, no, before that. Let me just say thank you to everybody, new listeners, old listeners, family members, supporters, everybody that's already 
uh, reposted uh, the podcast links and um, gave me some good praises and some good love. Appreciate you. So I'm definitely giving teas out to anybody and everybody who's done anything to help promote the new podcast. Now we'll jump into some praises. Got to start with my boy, Marcus. This guy, my mentor, um, one of my mentors, I should say, uh, just released his second book. I think, I'm hoping, I am his first copy. He said that I may have been because he let me know as soon as it went live. So I bought it immediately. So I'm giving praises to my boy Marcus on his newest installment to his uh, his book writing, his author journey. Um, and look at me, because I haven't received it yet. I have to look up the name of it. Give me one second. I should be prepared for these things. But I'm not, because that's just who I am. You'll learn that. But here we go. So his new book is called A Father's Heart, A Daughter's Guide to Masculinity. In this book, Marcus promises to be open, honest, and real. And in doing that, he may or may not connect with some people. He may or may not rub some people the wrong way. But I promise you, his perspective is coming from years of experience and what he does when it comes to counseling and helping young couples and married couples in general. But, uh, yeah, so I'm really anticipating this. Can't wait till Amazon delivers. And, uh, yeah, I'll be here to give a review. Hopefully I can do that with him. More praises in a different light. But uh, I want to give some praises to my boy Rio from the My Therapist Made Me Do This podcast. It's more so just a welcome home. But, I mean, we're all military members, and when we have people downrange deployed, it's always a tough time on friends and family and everyone else. So I'm going to just give some praises to him for another amazing job well done i think that's like his sixth or seventh deployment dude's killing it um i know that he's going to be full of surprises when it comes to what's next in his military career as well as what his podcast is doing so lots of praises to my boy rio also want to give some praises to adrian from i respectfully disagree podcast He's in the YouTube content journey now, and we all know that that can be difficult. Um, I've tried to dabble, um, never really making the true content, but just going live and trying to get followers, and it's not easy. (laughs) So anybody that's putting time, effort, and energy into the YouTube space, um, I give praises. So I've seen that his numbers have risen, um, and that's a blessing, and that's a good thing. So keep doing your passion, Adrian. Keep following you know, your your heart on what you're trying to do. Um, and yeah, his sneaker reviews, he's done a couple sneaker reviews. Dude has a crazy sneaker game. Crazy, crazy sneaker game. Um, check those out, man, and uh, see what he thinks about, uh, like, the LeBron 7, uh, the Florida AMU one. That one is the, I think that was the first one he did, and he's done a couple other ones. So I, ch- I tuned into that one. I haven't seen the other ones yet. So, but anyway, go out there and follow I Respectfully Disagree podcast. And last but not least, let me give praises to my boy, another mentor, Mike. Uh, my guy, Mike, uh, retired. It's been about a year now. Um, but he's, ever since I met him, um, he had that, like, big brother uh, vibe to our relationship. Um, and so Mike is very selfless, 
make sure everybody has what they need, takes care of everybody. And, uh, you know, for the longest, you know, maybe Mike kind of put himself, uh, I won't say on a back burner, but he didn't always put his, his wants first. Now I like to give him a lot of little, <laughs> a little hell, climb him a little bit. Cause I think he's living his best life, but I'm giving him praises because he's a car enthusiast and uh, he's, he's always wanted to build cars. He's always wanted to maybe even one day have his own shop. Um, and he was able to land, I'm going to call it his soft dream job, where he's working with a, a pretty decent custom um, auto builder out in his state of Arizona. And, uh, you know, I'm just happy to see that he's finally in the in the realm and the lane that he wants to be in. And I, I'm anxious to see what kind of, crazy projects they cook up and make um but yeah man it's just good to see your people happy and doing what they what they want to do man and uh yeah it's, it's been a it's been a, a journey um watching him you know retire and see what that's like because i'm you know i'm on the cusp of that but to see somebody actually fall into the job where they feel like they're home they're meant to do it is always a blessing man so i'm gonna give him a little love right now All right, man. So we've worked through the T's and P's. And um, and like you heard in the start of this, uh, this show is kind of near, dear to me. Um, and it's near and dear to me because this, this conversation never gets old. Um, the conversation about where you are in life, right? The conversation like, am I living in my purpose? Um, am I accomplishing the goals that I set for myself? Am I measuring up with my peers and friends and everything else like that? So basically, if I'm not, am I too late? Is that something that's not meant for me? Is the life that I have, which maybe I don't appreciate as much as I should, is that all that I'm ever going to amount to? Like our minds can very much be the root of all evil. Like, we already know we are our own worst critics. And the amount of pressure, immense pressure, that we put on ourselves to accomplish these goals really never measure out. And I'm saying that loosely because I'm not painting a broad brush as uh, my co-host <laughs> over on CL and the Doctor, or my other mentor, Proc, would say. You don't just say something and paint it with a broad brush. But I feel like we put immense pressure on ourselves to live up to certain things that sometimes make us feel like uh, we're not measuring up, make us feel like, you know, we're not really in the life that we're supposed to be in. And because of it, you know, other things happen, uh, anxiety, depression, um, jealousy, envy, anger, all these emotional things that we really don't tap into begin to haunt us and eat at us. And it changes our outlook on who we are as people and what our purpose is. And I feel like when we get to that point, it's almost a point of no return. And before we really, really, really get into this, I wanted to play something um, just to kind of put certain things in perspective. So here we go. podcaster where is this going we're gonna find out but let me give you who my inspiration was because obviously i had to think about it i had to like i'm 47 i'm changing careers i have a 14 year old i have a 12 year old who does this right? i'm trying to pay off this house bro. 
who leaves a who leaves a successful job to go do something that a lot of people are already doing? Me, <laughs> us, right? Let me tell you who my inspiration was: Samuel L. Jackson. I was just about to say that. Were you really? Yeah. Forty years old. Yeah. Yep. Samuel L. Jackson was in his forties when his acting career started. Not hear me. Not took off. Started, and that man has been in more highest grossing films than any other actor in human history. Did you hear what the words that just came out of my mouth? Samuel M. Effing Jackson. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this dude became famous by saying two words. <laughs> Samuel Jackson started his acting career in his 40s. Is that not the craziest thing I've ever heard? So it ain't too late for you, George. It ain't too late for you. And in this podcast, on this episode, I'm sorry, I'm over here knocking stuff over. On this episode, we're going to take both sides of that. We're going to take the side that's going to give you, you know, the confidence that, hey, look, yeah, I might be in my 40s, but I've always wanted to, you name it. Um, I still have the passion and drive to do that. So it's very much something that is accomplishable. And then we'll take the other approach where it's, yeah, you know, maybe I did want to do that. Or maybe, you know, I did have, you know, aspirations and ambitions of becoming whatever, and I haven't. And it's taken so much out of me, you know what I mean? And I just feel like I'm I'm nobody. And to that thought, we can say, no, you are somebody. And fuck it. <laughs> Literally fuck it. And the reason why we can say that when we get to that point um, is because something that I recently just learned Um and maybe I should have talked about this in the very beginning, but um, since I've been gone, because CMH was a thing that I was trying to kind of get the the gist of doing a solo podcast. I did about 13 episodes of that. Um, during that time, I guess in that time that I've been gone since that stopped, I think my last show was like sometime in November. I just been trying to find myself on new paths, new things that I can do. And one thing that was started by those same guys that I talked about earlier, Ferg, Yay, Jeter, Mute, um, Houston, was a book club, line by line. So we're in our second month. Our first month was Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter, or Hustle Smarter, Hustle Harder by Curtis Jackson, a.k.a. 50 Cent. And this month is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. And those are two very powerful books, even though I'm only like a couple chapters into the subtle art, but they have contrasting perspectives on what we're going to talk about. But we'll get to that. So starting with You're Not Too Late in the Samuel Jackson clip, people always ask, when are you going to get married, Right. When are you going to start that business? When is your weight loss journey going to start? When are you going to have kids? I think that's a big one. When are you going to start that degree? And if you're in the military like myself, when are you going to push for that next rank? So I ask you, we just heard Samuel started his career in the 40s, but what we don't know, or started his career in his 40s, but what we don't know, was what was his passion for that? Was that something that he always wanted to do? And then he just decided to finally do it. Was he in the right place at the right time? And, you know, luck was on his side. 
because I ask those things because we would want to hope and think that he's doing those things because that's what he wants. But see, the questions I just ask, and I'm saying this in a very shallow way, so don't take me too seriously. But in us normal folks' lives, the questions that we ask, I feel like, are what drive, or the questions that I just asked is what I feel like is driving that immense pressure. Because who's asking those things? Basically, of you. Is it self or is it family? Is it supervisors? Is it friends that really love you and care about you? But they're pushing you too hard. And though they feel like, you know, you have endless amounts of potential. When you don't do something, it's like a letdown for them. So you try to do said something so you don't let them down. I don't know if we always break, break this type of thing down. Because, yes, I believe. Like, I, I felt for a very long time that I was living a very mediocre life being in the military. I hit 20 years this year, and though I was making rank and living life, enjoying things, seeing things that I know that I probably would have never saw had I just remained a civilian, I still was comparing myself and measuring myself to friends, and I'm not afraid to say that. I am not afraid to say that. I was also measuring myself against people that I would just meet in a brief conversation. I would honestly tell you that there was times when I was jealous or envious of people who were doing things that maybe I felt that I could do. However, it was not something that was always my immediate thought of wanting to do. Maybe I just hear your story. I'm like, oh, I can do that too. And then I feel this weird jealousy because I'm, I didn't think of it first. But then there were things that I was like, hey, I want to do this. I really, really want to do this. And I feel like I was talking about those things well before, you know, the people who were actually engaged in them at that moment. And I didn't know how to always take that. And I will own that. I will absolutely own that. Because going back to where I started, I don't feel like those things were mine. I don't feel like, meaning, I don't feel like it was my want to want to have those things as much as I thought. Maybe I was just... You know, and, and Mark talks about it a lot. I'm going to hit a few of his, his quotes when we get there. But he talks about seeing things from a different lens. The lens that is actually your lens <laughs> versus the world's lens. And it'll make you, make you feel a different way about it, honestly. And, uh, and I think I started to quit on myself. Yes, I'm married. Yes, I've had kids already. Yes, I've got a couple degrees. Yes, I made rank. Yes, I've had different moments when I've been in a gym journey and all this other stuff. But there was things that eluded me. Like I wanted to have my hand in real estate. I wanted to have my own business at one point that I had no idea what it was going to be. But I wanted something, right? And when people would do this, not saying that I wasn't happy for them, but I would be more upset with myself for not doing whatever. But it wasn't even mine, meaning it was not my my drive, my purpose. I don't know what was behind that, right? And then I would feel like I missed the mark or I missed that window, I should say. That window of opportunity was at that point fleeting. And it was like, oh, well, I'm 30-something. Maybe I should have already done that, you know? Or when I was in my 20s and I wasn't accomplishing certain things and I wasn't saving a ton of money and this and that and the other, I was like, oh, well, I see people who are millionaires already because I went to high school with them. You know, I've seen people who have multiple businesses and doing this, and here I am being a staff sergeant. Like, I'm, I'm not much of nothing. 
I'm a very normal, mediocre person, and why did God choose this for me? Like, those things would put crazy amounts of pressure and anxiety into my life for no reason, honestly, but for world-watching, I guess, seeing what's happening around you and not feeling like you're measuring up. So if you're going through that, right, there's two sides of it. Are these your wants? The question is being asked of you. Do you feel pressure from the people or ask them because of respect? Like, who are your influencers? And when I'm saying that, I'm saying that in a, in a manner of, of care and importance. Like, really, like, is it your family? Is it your peers? Is it coworkers? You know, like, we have a, a community around us that we would like to feel and think and hope genuinely loves us. And the things that they want to see us accomplish, we want to believe that that's coming from their heart. And sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But even when it is, <laughs> are you feeling more pressure than you need to? Like if you don't have kids, right? And you're middle-aged, right? And you're starting to look around and people have kids, cool, whatever, all right, that's fine. But that's something you just don't maybe want. But what about your family? What do they want? What does your mom and dad want of you? Does that bother you? Does that make things conflicting? Now you're a race against the clock almost? Like, well, I guess I better. You know, they wanted to be grandparents, and I'm the reason they're not type thing. Is that something that, that really, you know, motivates you but maybe does it in a, in a way that's not so positive? Could be. But do you take the time to think that out? Or do you start to plot how do I get married to then have said baby even though those are things that I don't really want? Having control of your thoughts and having control of what people want of you is something that could cause a little bit of conflict, you know, not saying they can make you do anything. But at the same time, that might be something that's pretty debated in a heated manner just because <laughs> they want that for you because that's what they think you should be or that's where they think you should be in life. You should be married by now. You should have kids by now. But I was like, blah, blah, blah. You should be in your main career right now. Why are, like he said to start this, you know, when I, when I played that, why are you changing careers, you know, and going out on the limb when, in all honesty, you know what I mean? In all honesty, like, you have a family to think about. These other things, in his case, may have limited him from taking that chance. But he was like, no, this is what I want. So I'm going to take that chance. I guess you got to look at that and kind of reverse. That's not what I want. So you're not going to make me feel like I'm late to a place in life that I never even wanted to be anyway. So I'm not early or nor am I late. I'm just not invited if you want to look at it that way. And then, you know, switching gears a little bit, still sticking with you're not late, but thinking about all the things we talked about. The one thing that doesn't come from somebody else's wants for your life is your necessity to be ready for said things like you need to be ready for this I just had a great conversation with some of my young co-workers some people that I mentor and supervise and it was about making rank you know not to get long-winded about everything that was going on but basically the Air Force is a very very evolving place these days and we have started to make some changes that makes promotions to certain ranks kind of tough and it's going to be that way for the unforeseeable future 
And so, you know, coming up in my day, there was a line that was kind of in the sand, right? You had people who wanted to promote. Now, listen to what I'm saying. People who wanted to promote but really didn't understand what was next. And then people who understood what was next but didn't want to promote. So they just wanted to stay where they were because they wasn't ready. And unless you really knew those people, most people would look at them as like, what the hell is wrong with them? Like, what? Like, who doesn't want to make more money? But like I've learned <laughs> and like I've told people in those positions, and this is just speaking to military, but this could be for civilian life too. Like, listen, if that new promotion is something that you're not ready for, the money doesn't add up. So ultimately, right, what I'm saying is this military side of things. I tell my young airmen, if you just need more money, get a second job. Because if you're not res ready for the responsibility that, that comes with leaving the airman tier and becoming an NCO, you're in a world of hurt. Now, why is that important? Because going back to those other things, when are you getting married? When you start and say business? When you having kids? When you're going to, you know, start this, make the rank, go to the gym? If you don't want to do those things and you just start doing them or you commit to them, you're not really committed. You're not really all hands and feet on deck for the marriage. You haven't done your appropriate research to start the business to be able to be successful in the business. You didn't really want to have kids, so now you're a parent who is still wishing they were in their own world, their own life without kids, not understanding that they are now the priority, and that's going to severely decrease your own personal ambition <laughs> for at least a while. I already talked about making rank and what that can put you in. You went from not supervising to supervising multiple and not understanding why it's important to be engaged in their lives and knowing who they are versus just showing up to work and doing your job and pulling your cat card and leaving. World of hurt. So are you even really ready for these things? And I think that when you start to really map things out and you take control of the situation, You'll find out that, no, I'm not late. I'm not late because I'm not ready to be there, number one. And I'm okay with feeling like I'm here and I'm where I'm supposed to be and I'm comfortable, despite what everybody else says around me, despite even maybe what I see. Because we all know we'll say one thing, mean another, and then when we're faced with the truth, then all of a sudden we're conflicted, we're contradicted, we're a bunch of different things. Like, the instance I can tell you in the military happens all the time. No, I'm good if I don't see my name on the promotion list. For real. Like, I barely studied. Maybe I even didn't study, whatever. But if I don't make it, I'm good. But what you don't say in that same light, in that same sentence. But if Airman Smith makes staff sergeant, and I feel like he and I are on the same level, but he make it and I don't, then I'm pissed. Mario talked about this on one of his podcasts a while ago. Um, talking about basically when it's not your turn. But see, even when it's not your turn, you still got to be honest with yourself. Like, was I even applying myself? And a lot of people don't do that. And so they just kind of show up and wish and hope. Though they say they don't want to make it, they still kind of want to make it. 
And if they don't make it, they kind of want nobody else to make it either. So we all are in the same fucking ship <laughs> going to we didn't make it land. So you have to be ready for these things that you talk about because when they happen and you've actually said, no, I'm comfortable with not making it, you don't feel no hate towards Airman Smith who did make it. You'll know, like I told my young Airman, you'll know because you'll start to understand and apply yourself in a different way. And then you're up for whatever challenges await you versus walking into a door or into a place that came with responsibility, more money, but you don't really want to be there. You just wanted more money. So think about those things. That's just one instance. You can apply that to everything we talked about. Marriage and everything else. I don't have to reiterate that, but just think about it. If you're not really ready for those things, you're not going to lock in. And not locking in, you're not going to be successful or happy or joyous or anything. I think the biggest thing when it comes to you're not late is you're, you're in some type of race against something. Time, age, window of opportunity. Like something is making you feel like if it didn't happen already, it's not going to happen. That goes back to Samuel L. Jackson. Who knows what he felt in his 20s and 30s. But in his 40s, he was like, this is where I am. This is what I want. Here we go. Let's attack it. Let's get after it. And now, as you heard, one of the... Doug, the, he's in all the, the highest grossing movies and everything else. He's been acting. I don't even know how old he is, but I would, I would imagine he's in his 70s. I mean, Pulp Fiction came out in the 90s, and you know that's 30-something years ago. So he's probably much older than he looks or even portrays. Portrays, I mean. But anywho, staying on task. Like, I don't know why we have this clock on our life. Maybe it's because of life expectancy, and we just go with that. Or maybe we set these very low standards <laughs> for our life. Like, I, I mean, and, and I'm saying that jokingly and loosely, but you hear all the time, like, in rap songs and things, like, or movies, you know, I'm, I didn't think I was going to see 21 or 25, and I get it. Your environment, the constant strife that you might have in your life can make you feel those ways. I wrote about something in one of my books that I didn't feel like I even wanted to live past a certain age based on certain things I experienced. And I had a whole bunch of anxiety based on things that I had had experienced with family members that if I was to get ill based off of multiple people having the same diagnosis that I didn't want to go through the struggles that I seen with my own eyes. My mom is in that category to be exact, but was that the right thing? No, because <laughs> life is precious and you should live every day its fullest not be counting on some clock on what time you don't have left versus the time that you may have or versus the things that still are very much in your grasp if you apply yourself and that's something that you really want something that you really sought after or seek so those are the things that we have to kind of combat but these races against whomever you're going to always lose those because it's mental and our mental is always going to fail us. Rarely, <laughs> unless you're just very, very locked in, are you going to be able to walk through a door and be mentally sound against yourself? Because like I said in the beginning, you are your own worst critic. And everything that you do is not ever the right thing. And everything that you have accomplished, there's always something else. 
and so on and so forth. You know, because I think about <laughs> I think about things that we say um, in God's will in his time. I'll ask you, does that bother you when somebody else is in the same space that you want to be? Was that God's will? Was that his time? I'm not debating that. I'm not trying to defeat that thought process. But how do you feel when somebody else is in their space that you want to be in? Why is, do you feel that, like, what is that fair? Why isn't God having you in that space at that moment? When is your time? Why do I have to wait longer? That race is something you'll never, ever win. And a lot of times, just sitting here hoping and waiting, that's something that 50 Cent talks about, it doesn't happen either. So at some point, you have to apply yourself. At some point, you might have to somewhat take certain things into your hands. And maybe that helps to align with whatever God is, has in store for you. But just sitting on your hands and waiting, that also isn't going to be helpful. So again, even though I said, you know, you're not a, in the race against time, I think if these are the things that you really want, whatever that is, you do have to apply yourself, but not at the risk of feeling that you're absolutely nothing when you don't succeed or you're absolutely nothing when it doesn't happen on that attempt. Do you have it in you to have multiple attempts? Because if that's the case, then you're never late. But if you shot once and you missed and you didn't go after it again, then that window of opportunity that we briefly spoke about now for you, that's already closed and living your normal life, doing your normal nine to five and seeing everybody else succeed in ways that you can only imagine now just tears your mind up and you really feel like my life's not worth much. And I'm just, I'm just bound to be this normal basic person. And that'll tear you up. That would absolutely tear you up. Now I've talked a lot about these two books. The Hustle Harder, or I'm sorry, I keep saying that. Well, that's right. The Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter approach is 50 Cent talking about everything that he's been through, what he learned from his street life, how he was able to apply it to his corporate life, how he lived the dual personality to its fullest. And it allowed him to conquer certain things that was not his or he didn't feel like they were his. But now he's in a place that really everybody's looking to him as, man, you do belong. But like I said before, initially it was never supposed to be his. Um, and I felt like there's a lot to say in that, right? And I'm not going to sit here and try to critique the whole book in 10 minutes. But he has some very powerful things that kind of go to that, honestly, to that, that level that can motivate a person but motivate a person to what we talked about in the very beginning, to the point of anxiety and stress when things don't go your way. Evolve or die. That's chapter five. If you keep doing something and you're not successful, right, but you have it in you to go after that thing, whatever that thing is, you already know the definition of insanity is continuously doing the same thing, expecting different results. So, yes, you should adapt. You should change. You should look for new mentors, new references, new whatever, study materials or whatever it might have you to help you get to that thing. But at what cost? See, with 50, he has this 
amazing passion for everything he's doing to the point where he's like, I'm a workaholic and I plan to be this way when I'm well into my later stages of life. And some will agree with that. You know, you work your ass off every day. You have all the spoils and all that, but it's not just about that, but it's just about maintaining success and keeping success. That's what we hear all the time. You reach a level of success that's one thing, but how do you keep and maintain it? That's the hard thing. Now, we can all probably at some level break our life down and talk about our levels of success and what we've done to sustain that. I mean, if you've lived in a nice home, you've, able, you've been able to afford, you know, your expenses and keep that nice home while still saving money, traveling, all that other thing. See, that's a level of success. And what do you do to keep that? What's your routine? 50 talks a lot about routines. However, going back to what we talked about briefly, are these the things that you really, really want? Because if they are, I don't feel like you'll ever debate yourself in the effort that you put in. But if you're just trying to maintain a life that you've seen, that you fantasize about, and it's not really the one that you really want to keep working for, you're probably going to lose it. So why am I talking about that? The evolve or die chapter was one of the ones that stood out the most to me in that. Because he was giving gems on how to stay abreast, how to stay afloat, how to stay, you know, in that same realm all the time. But it's taxing. He tells you that it is taxing. It is absolutely taxing. And if you don't have the heart for that, then the opposite of that is what I'm reading now. Fuck it. That might be <laughs> very sharp and very loose. But the other side of that fence is the world pretty much defines us. It tells us who we are and who we're not. It tells us what we should want and what we should shoot for. It tells us how we should live and what we should do to live a better life. The world around us really, really drives us. And it's really, honestly amazing when you can step outside of that and dictate things in your own lane despite what the world says that's the power of not giving a fuck i'm learning this i'm trying to apply certain principles to my life each and every day i'm going to read a few lines some quotables um this is by the way if you haven't read this book like me um you're you're late <laughs> no pun intended you're actually late but uh I would I would advise if you're stressing, right? If if life has become this this constant like hamster wheel and you're not feeling happy, you're not feeling successful, it's probably not based on what you haven't done. It's the world's view of what you haven't done that you're feeling these stresses. I would be willing to bet on it. I won't guarantee anything because you can't, but I'd be willing to bet on it that you're feeling the way you feel because you're measuring yourself against everybody else, not you. But here we go. I'm just reading a, a, a couple things. Self-improvement and success often occur together, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're the same thing. Self-improvement and success often occur together, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're the same thing. What is he saying there? 
we have a lot of unrealistic expectations. And I can attest to this because, like I told you earlier, here I am living a good life, succeeding in the military, doing great things, and not feeling as if I am measuring up with the world. So I've improved myself. I am definitely measuring success. I'm a measure of success, as I say, based on where I come from, but I don't feel like I'm good enough. I don't feel like I have done anything quite yet. And why is that? Because I'm seeing other people do other things or doing bigger things or doing things as maybe intentionally for them, not for me, but I feel like, why not me? And that's going to have its own negative effect on me. There's another one that, that I want to read. Fixation on the positive, on what's better, what's superior, only serves to remind us over and over again what we are not. Of what we lack, of what we should have been but failed to be. Going back to being late. So when do these things occur? You've seen somebody in their 20s do this. Somebody got married in their 20s, had their kids, now they're this age, and they're doing this. So on and so forth. And it's like, where do I fit in here? What am I missing here? Why, do I, why am I not doing these said things at these said moments and times in my life? And what does everybody feel about that? Like we talked about earlier. So when you're mine, you're late, you're not a success, a whole bunch of other things. Giving too many fucks is bad for your mental health. The key to a good life is not giving a fuck about more. It's giving a fuck about less. Giving a fuck about only what is true and immediate and important. And what does that mean? You have to define what's immediate and it's important. You have to define the things that you're going to give a fuck about. And when you do those things, then you have to allow yourself to take a step back and look around the world see what everybody else is doing and applaud them for that. But say, that's not me. That's not for me. And I'm okay in my space because this is my life. And if we were all robotic and we could all have the same life, then we would, you know, they made movies about that step for wives, right? Like they just create her in the lab and then boom, she does this. If we were all supposed to have these things at these moments, at these measurements, then it would happen. But that's not the way the world works. But that's the way we see it. We can blame social media. We can blame TV. We can blame whoever we want to. But really the blame is on yourself. Why have you gravitated to these things? Why are these things the only things that matter? And maybe it's because these are the only things that you seem to always fixate on. Like we talked about. Like I just read one of his quotables. We are wired to become satisfied with whatever we have. Or I'm sorry, we are wired to become dissatisfied with whatever we have and satisfied by only what we do not have. And that's my last one. You got a car. You got a home, whether it's an apartment, um, your dream home, your starter home, whatever. You have a career a job, whatever. You're able to provide meals for your family or yourself or whomever. 
But that's never enough. Because if you ate McDonald's tonight, in your mind, you should have ate Papa Do's. And if you ate Papa Do's, then in your mind, maybe you should be eating somewhere else like Nobu. <laughs> and if you're at Nobu and you see another rich and famous person, then it's like, well, what was the latest move they did? I should be doing that. You're constantly dissatisfied with what is and only fixated or satisfied at what could be. But the struggle, the mental struggle to get to what could be is what's tearing you apart. More money, more problems is what they say. Probably, maybe. And I think we all have experienced that in our own small facets if we're not rich and famous. But we know you get promoted, you make more money. Then you start counting the dollars, and you're like, yeah, there's more of them, but it seems like there's less of them by the end of the month. Why is that? Maybe it's our approach to life. We can buy more. We can do more. We can go here now. We can do this. And though we've made more, we've spent more, so we're still in the same hamster wheel. But are these things ours? Maybe, maybe not. But I'd rather them be the experience to talk about than to be the one to not talk about. I'd rather show up and say I was there rather than saying I never even showed up or I never was invited or I was extremely late. I don't know. All these things kind of roll around and make us crazy. But in doing that, (laughs) we have to start evaluating ourselves and knowing this. And perhaps we can have a different approach to the understanding. But again, as 50 talked about, evolving, going after what it is that you want, having that hustler's mindset, you know, staying on the clock, staying motivated, stay driving, stay pressing the needle. That is very much a way of life. That is very much a lifestyle. But if you read in the book and read in between the lines, he'll tell you with what his approaches have been and his success has, you know, brought him. There's also been loss and disconnections with family and, you know, children and just other heartfelt things he's dealt with for his passions and purposes. So with every success, there is some loss. But that's definitely a mindset to stay. And that's usually the one that we know. Work hard. Our grandparents told that. Our parents told that. Work hard, work hard, work hard, work hard, work hard. But at what cost? And I think that's where you have to measure it, at what cost. Because not giving a fuck doesn't just simply mean like, oh, I'm just going to live my life in the most careless state of things. But I think in the way Mark is explaining it, it gives you power over certain things, certain thoughts, certain emotions, certain stressors that you don't necessarily need to have in your life. They are there <laughs> because certain things have presented them But they don't have to be there if you change what you actually give that attention to. So that's my time. 47 minutes and 50 seconds is when I called that. Now I said 45, but we're going to wrap up here quickly. I would just like to say, please, please, please like on Instagram, like on Facebook. Um, As far as the podcast, it will be available on Apple Spotify, Anchor, and Google. Um, 
spread the word. I mean, there's a zillion podcasts to listen to. I'm not claiming to be <laughs> Joe Rogan or Joe Budden or anybody after one episode. But, you know, in the small circles and the small windows of time that you have, I appreciate you if you're going to have the opportunity to download this. And if it's something that you like, share it with somebody. You know, small community of podcasters, like I mentioned earlier, uh, my therapist made me do this podcast as well as I respectfully disagree. There's a couple other ones that have started and kind of taken some hiatus. Uh, those are the podcasts that I genuinely want to listen to. Don't I'm not knocking the big ones that, you know, are well known, but I'm also saying I like to support the little guy. I'm part of the little guy. <laughs> so every download helps. Every like helps. Every thought or idea that you can bring to me that you say, hey, I would like to talk about this with you. or I would like you to explore this and see if this is something you could talk about. I appreciate that. And I will do my damnness to do that. So to the next one, thank you again. Remember, at the worst, it's just complicated. And I appreciate you for being plugged in. This is CO.